you know, let them know what happened from your end. Okay. So I pretty much sold everything that, um, I think it was Friday yesterday. I sold everything and I kept Tesla, but I bought a few more options, which was on matter to six options, which is like hundred per share. Um, so I'm thinking I'm going to cash in because obviously it went down the day before. So I'm yeah. just, I woke up, I'm looking at it. I'm like, okay. And then what he did was, I think previously he got in trouble for that. He tweeted, I think he tweeted that uh, Tesla stock was too high. Mm -hmm. And once he tweeted that, it, I think it lost almost $100 for the day. But and that's a, yeah, yeah, that's a violation for yeah. SEC, which he got warnings for, he got in trouble for, uh, which is what you just mentioned. But doing it again, you know, knowing that it's a violation and it's going to cause, you know, loss of money which we saw on both of our ends more on your end than oh, mine because God. of the the options but and let's explain let's explain what what the option means real quick for people that may not know so essentially what happens is you have an option to either buy a call or a put you buy a call which means you're betting for the price to go up you buy a put which means you're betting for the price to go down and you make money if those things happen and you pay a premium to acquire the call option or the put option and so John bought a call option, right? Was it a call yeah. or a put? It was a call. So you bought five contracts of calls. Six. <laughs> Six contracts. And the premium, I'm, I'm sure, was uh, from what you showed me was about $900 per, per contract. Yeah, it was about $900. Um, I think at the time, total amount, um, maybe three, three or 4K, I'm not sure. Um, but uh, just yesterday, I lost, I think, for the total, 3,000 and 200 and some change. So, all because of a tweet. Exactly. All because of a tweet, man. I, it was crazy because he just started rambling on. And I'm like, what is going on? I'm like, say something to just help us out. But mm -hmm. um, so I don't know if it was a plan to have, um, to have the stock drop. And then he just buy it back at a lower price for himself. I don't know if that was his goal, but I think he screwed up a lot of people, man. And I'm just, there's nothing I could do right now but to hold and mm -hmm. hopefully um, I have till Friday before uh, my, my contract ends. Hopefully I make some of that money back. You know, right. It was, it was tough, man, but hey. I agree, man. And again, um, another key point is the expiration. So the closer the contract is to expiring, the higher the premium is going to be, or excuse me, the lower the premium is going to be. And the later it expires, meaning the higher chances of you making money, the higher premium you put up up front. So you essentially gambled on a you know, short term, high reward, high risk option. And one tweet, one tweet, just you know, messed yeah. it all up in the it, for at the moment at least. Yeah, I got burned because I think uh, the day before I made over seven hundred on a on a call. So I'm like, okay, you know, let me just kind of go crazy this time because honestly, most of the money I've made during the, the whole pandemic has been mm -hmm. off Tesla. I mean, I think at one time it was around three three something. Right. And, uh, before it crashed, it was around eight hundred. So. That's all I did was pretty much trade Tesla and made a lot of money from it. So I got a little greedy and went overboard <laughs> and I got burned. But uh, like I said, I'm hoping by next week things will kind of even out a little bit um, and kind of help me out in that department. So. I definitely agree, man. I think that's a good point you brought up. Um, I was looking at a statistic. Uh, Robinhood's activity is up 300% during, during the pandemic quarantine situation. And that just shows me that, you know, more and more people that are out of jobs that are sitting at home with, you know, not much to do maybe, or, you know, they don't have as many obligations. 
are investing, are trying to make money part-time, are trying to generate income based on the money they have. I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are on this situation in terms of like, if you lose a job and you have, you know, a certain amount of money saved up, you think it's wise to invest that money or hold on to it? I would say, I would say for me, I mean, I guess I'm still young. It's, it's smarter to invest. Um, the money's just going to sit there waiting for you to spend it. You're not working. So it's not like you're making any money. So investing is obviously another option for you to earn and make money while you're sitting at home. Um, there's a lot of places where you can do research. There are people you can ask or whatever if you're not 100% sure. I mean, you can always start with like safer, safer options, uh, like a company like Apple. You know, they could drop $100 today. Obviously, they're going to make that money back. Um, so I would definitely say to invest it. I mean, nowadays, I think investment is a sure, well, not a sure option, but it's a much better option than going to work a nine to five, you know, just kind of struggling to make ends meet where you can sit at home. You just have need your laptop and you just do your research and do diligence and you do what you have to do. And eventually it's going to pay off, um, either in a long run or short term, depends on what you do. Um, I definitely yeah, agree, yeah. Honestly, um, someday, hopefully soon, man, I want to do this full time. Hopefully quit all my jobs, bro. I mean, to me, this, this is awesome. This is what I want to do. I want the freedom mm. to be able to sit there and just work, not having to wake up and go do this and that. Not saying I don't want to do outside work, but mm-hmm. it's more of what I want to do versus I have to go and do this and that. You find enjoyment in this. Yeah, I do. I and it, it is work for those, you know, because there is that misconception for people that don't have that much experience investing. You know, they think it's gambling or they think it's just putting money in and, you know, or whatever, like, they don't equate it to work. They don't equate it to the acquisition of knowledge. And it's a skill. I mean, if you look at some of these platforms, like, you know, we, 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 we prefer Robinhood because of its simplicity. Like you can wake up, you can pull your phone up and you can see exactly what's going on. But these other platforms that have uh, all sorts of data, like think or swim is ridiculously complicated when you oh, first look I at it. To, I put some money in there and I had to take it out. I felt like I was not ready for that. You know, yeah. so I'm like, this is really for more experienced people, but I try to study it and eventually someday when I become more comfortable, I'll probably move from Robin Hood right now. I feel like it's best for me to stay there. Like you said, it is much uh, simpler for me to use. Yeah, and that, that's the beauty of Robin Hood. They've kind of simplified the complicated. And if we think about, you know, a lot of people look at coding as well as super complicated. I know I did for a while. I, I mean, I, I looked at, you know, code or scripts or whatever, and I thought, that's some, I don't understand anything. But, you know, what Robinhood did in the investing world is simplified something that was super complicated before. And I personally like the interface because, you know, it, it's nice to see how much you're up, how much you're down. Think or swim is just one little number at the bottom. And it's like, you know, that's my money. Like, I, I don't even get a full page of, like, what's going on. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree with Robin Hood. Uh, I noticed that a few weeks ago that you can even add the widget to the left side of your phone. If you had an iPhone, you could just swipe left. And then you see if your money's going up or down. I really? That was pretty cool. Yeah. So Dude, how do you do that? that? Huh? Yeah, how do you do that? I got you. Uh, it's, um, if you go to the left side, there's a bunch of widgets. Uh, it could be an alarm clock. could be a, a Twitter or whatever it is. Um, I'll send you a, like a video recording of it later. Uh, if you could just swipe left. Oh, I see it. On the edit? Exactly. You could gotcha. do that with your bank account. Obviously, I mean, you have a password on there. Yeah, you have a password, so nobody's going to go through your phone and see your personal stuff. Yeah, you just swipe left and you add the, the, the widget. And then 
Whenever That's amazing. Time goes up and down. Yeah, I think it updates every 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 second, so it's not like it's uh, there's a lag in there. For me, that's been a big help. You're able to see that automatically as it happens. If you're losing, you know what I mean? You want to go and sell. If you need to mm-hmm. go and buy, then you also get the notifications with that. So it's just pretty cool. That's awesome, man. What, what, do you, what would you say your current strategy is? Um, honestly, mine, I don't know if it's to other experience, if it's good. It's mainly to the, all the top stocks that are low. I add them all to my watch list and I buy. I trade and sell, I trade and sell. Like Boeing, I mean, that company was over three something. I think now it's mm-hmm. like 20 or whatever. Yep. So obviously, it's going to take time, but these companies are eventually going to go back up. To me, it's like time is on my is on my head. I don't mind buying and waiting and holding some of these, but there are times like I would buy and then some of them go up and then I sell immediately because I know technically the economy is not 100% back yet. Right. So you get some days where if you don't sell, you're just going to lose the game you just made. So that's basically been my goal for like the last month and a half. It's just buy some of these companies and then when they rise, it's kind of sell. And then you get some uh, unemployment news or whatever it might be. Um, some drug fail that's not working for the for the uh, coronavirus. And obviously everybody mm-hmm. panic and sell. So that's pretty much been it. Yeah, I haven't tried to do anything complicated right now. I just take what the, I feel like take what it gives you and then you work with it. Uh, it's funny you say, you know, it may not seem like a good strategy, but that's the best strategy that a lot of people, a lot of veterans in this field advise uh, for is holding long-term, playing for the long game, not just doing the the short-term, you know. I mean, look, we're young and options are fun. They're fun when you're up, you know, when you're up a lot of money in an hour. It's it's the best feeling in the world to know that you just made like $1,000 sitting on your desk or whatever. But it, it is it is kind of risky in a way in terms of like actual gradual growth. So I definitely see your strategy and that's my personal philosophy in in terms of investing as I'm getting a little bit older and I'm learning a lot more. uh, I'm moving past the options simply because of uh, the volatility and the, the, it's just, you can't accurately predict, you know, like no one can accurately predict what's going to happen, whether it's in the economy, whether it's in the stock market, and all we can do is collect all the data, you know, do research, look at all endless amounts of articles being written every second, and then make a rationalization of what we think will happen. And sometimes we're right and sometimes we're wrong. I agree. I think my main issue is that I tend to get a little greedy sometimes. You know, things are going well. I feel like, oh, I need to buy more, I need to buy more. And then the next day, it's like you just lose everything and then some of the gains you made. Um, I think with options, it's uh, you know, if you buy one share, you just kind of leave it at that and <coughs> diversify the rest of your profile. But for me, it's like I went all and I sold everything except all my Tesla shares, and that one kind of bit me in the butt. Obviously, I read a lot about trying to be diversified, but um, that was for me. I guess that was a lesson to be learned. Um, just got a little too greedy, you know, and then the market just kind of like. It wasn't really the market. I would say it's more. It was like, one tweet, yeah, man. It was one tweet. Was like, if that didn't happen, you would have been good. Oh man, I would have been golden. I would have been mm-hmm. golden. But you know, uh, I'm not angry about it. I feel like if I hold enough, I'll make some of that game back. But uh, right now, I don't have a choice. So I mean, I feel you. I mean, honestly, I'm enjoying it. This is what I look forward to. You know, people. I don't know if they're still looking forward to Saturday or Sunday. To me, it's like I'm looking forward to Monday. You know, one hundred percent, bro. Day. You know, I have fun. I enjoy what I do. You know, I make a lot of money. Obviously, I want to make, but at the same time, it's fun to me. You know, I wake up with a purpose. You know, I mean, obviously, yeah. 
you've been home for like a month and a half, you're doing the same thing over and over. But with this, it's just, you know, I enjoy it a lot, man. I have you to thank for that, obviously, you know. No, of course, bro. No, anytime and anytime, you know. But I, I definitely relate to that. I, I, I get upset when it's Saturday and I wake up oh. and I realize like, yo. Can't trade. Can't trade. But, you know, it is what it is. And I think um, the more, you know, the more information you acquire, it, it's all about like your core philosophy. Like you described yours where, you know, you, you're, you still get swayed by the sort of greediness of the situation where it's like, look, I, could, I made $3,000 yesterday. I can make that again. I can do it again. But, you know, I don't know, man. The trick. That's the so trick. never you can never. That's when it. That's when it becomes closer to gambling, though. Mm-hmm. I agree. That's that's when all the all the information leaves, and it comes down to like I'm rolling the dice. Let's see what happens. I think deep down I'm low-key of a gambler. I mean I don't have a gambling habit. By that I mean like I'm used to playing fantasy sport. Like yeah. there are times I'll make a thousand dollars here and there, but there are times I lose a lot. Like, today I'll wake up, you know, the teams are playing, I'm like, I'll play five bucks. By the end of the day, I'll play 50, you know. It's like, you win, <laughs> it's like, oh. And that's how sometimes you end up losing everything. Um, and I think that time, that kind of happened, it's like, oh, man, I've been doing so good. You know, it's like, you go all in. It's kind of like when you're playing poker, you go all in, and then it's like, what happened? But, right. um, you know, it's a learning experience for me. Um, I don't think... I think I'm going on a year by the later this uh, this year. It'll make me a year um, stopping investing and stuff like that. So, uh, I mean, I'm just glad I'm still young so I can make the mistakes. Yeah, and now, later in the years, I can be a little wiser um, and not make the same mistakes. So. 100%. I got to fucking stop saying 100%, bro. I'm going to cut Man. that part out. I keep saying it every fucking time and people hit me up. Like, it's become an ongoing thing where I get hit up about you know, someone like listens to the episode and then they'll, they'll send me 100% of the quotes with a fucking oh, laughing man. emoji. I'm like, bro, every time I say it. I mean, I but, feel like that as like a, a, as like a caption or a quote for you, you know what I mean? Like 100% the truth or whatever it might be. I mean, for me, it kinda, I kind of follow with that, I guess, because I'm used to it. Yeah. I don't kind of, you know, it's kinda, it doesn't bother me one bit. So I was waiting for you to say facts, but I haven't heard it. <laughs> nah, man. Uh, that, that was last year. That was the last year of terminology. But I was thinking about what you just said, uh, you know, being fairly young and being able to take risks. I remember a time, I think it was 2016, when the whole Bitcoin wave was happening. And, you know, everyone wanted to hop on the fear of missing out sort of wave. A lot of people put money they had saved up. They took loans out on, on their on their mortgages, on their houses. And, you know, people lost their life savings off of just, the greediness or the nature of, you know, high volatility plus low education in this regard, which resulted in, you know, major losses. But a lot of people also became millionaires and billionaires off of that wave. It's, it's very tricky, man. I think, in my opinion, I think it's always wise to take just a little bit of a conservative approach just for like the longevity of the situation. I don't know. I agree. I think sometimes it's best to know when to get out. I know the main thing with some people, sometimes when everything's crashing, oh, let's hold, it's going to, you know, it's going to come back again. But I think there are times you just, you rather just take everything out and sell. Because obviously, like you said, it's going to come back. So if you buy at a lower price point, then that's just more games for you. 
Um, I think that's one of those things. Sometimes it's about timing. You know, so oh, yeah. people knew that this whole corona was going to be this huge thing. I mean, it's been mm-hmm. what, happening since December out in China. Everybody knew, but no one really cared until we had some, a few cases in the U.S. And everybody yeah. think like it just started happening in March. Like, it's been there. So people barely started caring. Yeah. Uh, sorry to cut you off. But... No, it's good. It's, if you're somebody that you kind of tried to predict that and then you, you know, you sold everything and then you just kind of waited and you bought now, two months later, boom, you know, you're making a lot of money. But uh, yeah. I think sometimes it's about timing. As much as about knowledge, it's about timing a little bit. Uh, oh, yeah. What you know, and you can just kind of guess it, right? I mean, if you sell, you might lose a little bit. But if you sell and you're right, that everything crashes, then you buy it back again. That's just more fun. You know? So, 100%, man. I think um, the uncertainty of the situation creates, you know, both ends of the equation. Some that make money, some that lose money. Mm-hmm. And it's all it's all uncertainty. But even now, I think, you know, the a lot of people are under the assumption that everything's on sale. Like all the stocks are on sale, you know, Apple, Amazon, Google, they're all on sale and we can buy in and they're, you know, they're guaranteed to go up. And I see, you know, I see that perspective and I agree with it to a certain extent, but I think it is uh, fundamentally flawed in terms of, you know, the economy has no impact on the stock market. And that's something that, uh, isn't really talked about enough. We think the economy has an impact, but the stock market, it has very little impact. Don't get me wrong. It does have like a very minor amount of impact, but it's not like the entire stock market collapses if, you know, Apple starts doing bad or the S&P 500 down like a certain points or Dow's down like a thousand points or whatever. The economy is doing bad. And that the result of that is panic selling, people panicking, cashing out, and it's the the connection between the economy and the stock market is not solid. It's it's with the people that panic. Well, mental state of mind. I agree. It's like the moment um, you know everything started going bad. Obviously, everybody need cash. They want cash in their hand in case of emergency. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I agree with you in that in that part. Um, in the case, I don't think it, it has that kind of effect. But you know how people are. The news says one thing. People just kind of freak out, and you know. I like when people are panic buying paper towels. Um, it's like, for what? What are you going to do with that? And, you know, but right. um, I, I agree. Um, but By stock in the paper towel company. I know. Oh, really? No, no, no. I'm saying that's what they should have done. Oh, okay, okay. I thought you said you bought some stock in some paper towel company. Nah, man. I don't even know a single one, to be honest. Maybe Procter & Gamble, if I'm, but if I'm thinking the- off the top. What's your outlook on this whole pandemic thing? Do you think things are going to go back to normal or are we going to be kind of freaking out for the next two and a half, three and a half months before we kind of... No, we're good. I think... um, I don't know, man. I think... I don't think there's a normal to return to. And I kind of talked about this and I, you know, I referred to a few sources where I got that sort of notion from. And I agree with that. I don't think we have a normal because um, this is going to be lingering on until we have a vaccine. And then then there's going to be a debate around that where it's like, do I want to take it or do I not want to take it? Then you have people pushing the narrative that it's, you know, don't take the vaccine. It's super new. They didn't have enough time. And you have people that want to take the vaccine 
And then those people are going to be allowed to go outside and function. And the ones that denied the vaccine are going to be sitting inside doing exactly what we're doing now. And I think it's still going to create that sort of, you know, separation. I don't think we go to normal until maybe two more years. Um, What do you think? Personally, I I think um, as summer comes along, people are slowly going to start to forget about it. The reason why I say that is how many times, I think every year and a half or whatever it might be, there's always something new, the bird flu, the swine flu, Ebola, Zika, you know, and then like literally yeah. all those times those viruses came, dude, I was doing whatever. I didn't, I didn't, you know, I didn't care, but this one's yeah. a little bit different, I think, because they shut down and told everybody to stay home. So I don't think it's going to take that long. I think there's a lot of speculation, just like they were saying it's going to be 25 million deaths. And I'm like, how did you come up with that number? Right. You know, to me, I felt like that was complete BS. It's kind of trying to scare everybody. Obviously, a vaccine has been a big thing. It's like they want everybody to get vaccinated. And I'm one of those people. I'm not taking it. And my main reason is that how many times have I seen my friend take the flu vaccine and still get the flu? So really? It's like, what are, yeah, what are you really putting into your body? So that's my only thing with the whole vaccine thing. It's like I'm not taking it unless I'm sick or, you know, I have a virus or, you know what I mean? Even then, it's like I want to know exactly what's in it because I've seen right. people take the flu shot and still get the flu. So what are we really putting into our body? So that's like how I feel on that. I feel like, you know, down the line, things going to get back to normal. I heard some reports that it's going to be like the flu every year. It's going to be like a season for that, for this virus or whatever. Yeah, I heard that too. So, yeah. So I'm like, what is really going on? But, you know, that's, that's a topic for another time, but it's, yeah, I feel like things will be back to normal, but there are a lot of people that are still going to be out there, you know, even toward the end of the year. Probably still wearing their masks, trying to be careful and all this and that. But yeah, um, for me, it's like the moment I'd say I give it till June. For me, it's like I don't give up. You know what? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going out. I mean, I'm going to try to be safe, obviously. But it's like staying inside and being stuck here. I'm not doing anything outside of investing to really push myself to be better. It's like I have to go out there and find opportunity and, and, and try to make a change for my life and myself and my future. You know, 100%, man. Yeah, yeah. Staying in here is not going to do anything. Obviously, there was a time where we needed to stay inside to try to help slow down the spread. And that mm-hmm. is working now. So now it's like, give it some time. Time to go back to, to, you know, to opening up the country and let people live. I agree, man. I think it's the, the force or the enforced quarantine is on the tail end. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, if we're safe and we, we take precaution for mostly ourselves if we're being honest and then for the regard of other people i think we'll be you know it'll, it'll be fine we'll be able to go back i don't think school's gonna open up i don't think harvard's gonna open up anytime soon i think uh, nothing for the summer and i think they still work on the fall they're deciding if they're gonna um they're gonna open or whatever i personally I doubt it man yeah there's a lot of stuff going on over there they, they have to figure it out and i'm like slowly stepping away uh, there's a lot of controversy and scandal going on over there right now. So Really? Yeah. We'll In terms of what? We'll, we'll have to talk about that, you know, uh, on a personal phone call, man. Uh, it's not It's not a shared thing? It's not a publicly sharing thing? Uh, I mean, it's, it's some of it is over Twitter. You know, the whole uh, virus thing, supposed to be there were people that were involved there from them and John, John Hopkins University. Um, there are a few things that they're doing with their employees, obviously. They have a history treating them like crap, not wanting to pay them, sending everybody home and that kind of stuff. So it's a I think I heard about that. I, I heard yeah. that one um, one professor 
was kind of involved in the labs in Wuhan, exactly. right? Was, something like that. Yeah, I read the report. So, and then there was the whole, uh, I think they got like some 9 million or something you were not supposed to receive mm-hmm. from the, the, the loan or whatever. They said they didn't receive it, but I, I think the report said they did receive it and people were asking, Trump was asking for them to give that money back. You know, Albert obviously has like $40 billion in endowment. For yeah, that's re- yeah. ridiculous. So it's, yeah, it's like, you know, I'm like, there's no way the president's going to call you right if he didn't take that money. But they said they didn't take it. And I'm just like, to me, it's, it's all kind of fishy stuff and a lot of stuff. And allegedly Epstein was involved with them or whatever. He had his own office over there. So, yeah, it's a lot of stuff. Tricky yeah. shit, man. Yeah. I remember uh, last year when I was when I was up there, I think it was you or someone mentioned to me that Harvard's not a university. It's a real estate company. Dude, they are owning everything out in Cambridge and Austin, part of Somerville, a little bit of Medford. It's like they're buying everything around, man. It's crazy. Yeah, it's just, I don't know how they're doing it, but it's like they have their own little community. They have their own police force and all that kind of stuff. So It's man. like Apple, bro. The, yeah, the secret Apple military service or the military force. There's just so much stuff out there. There's like tunnels in the school that people don't even know about. Really? Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on, dude. It's like you have to know people to know people to really get in deep. But there are a few things here and there that I know, but I don't try to, you know, go too far yeah. into the rabbit hole, man. It's, uh, it's a I feel old school. Yeah, the oldest school in America, all the presidents have been through here, so it's no surprise. I agree, man. Are you still doing uh, computer science there, or are you I taking am. a different path? I am, but um, like I said, I'm looking to step away. Obviously, I talked to you about working for Apple. They reached out, uh, I think, yesterday. So uh, it's possibly start telling you about the company, all this extra stuff. But they're going to do it via FaceTime. Nice. So I don't know exactly. Yeah, I don't know how that's going to be moving forward when we officially start physically in the store. But that's my next step right now is to work for them. Um, I know the end goal is to work for Google, either or. Um, my goal is to obviously go to California and work for the headquarters and possibly, you know, do something great after that for myself, like my own company. Right. Uh, so that's the goal right now. As far as finishing, honestly, I'm not even going to lie, bro. Right now, I it's kind of blurring to me. Um, it's just with everything that happened and everything that I'm hearing, man, it's like, man, do I really want to force it? In a yeah. way, it's Harvard, but then at the same time, it's like the way my plan is setting up, it's like, do I really need to finish? You know, it's like I'm weighing my option. I'm going to take the summer and weigh my option, work for Apple and see, really work there and see what it is that I, you know, that I see for myself. Do I really see it long term um, where I feel like I don't need to continue or, you know, do I feel like I need to go back and just get my degree and then, you know, and go from there? I got you. Yeah. All right, let's close it out on... Um on on the bitcoin conversation mm-hmm. well, what do you think about the current state of bitcoin i feel like bitcoin is like kind of creeping underneath no one's really talking about it right now you know i feel like you know when it crashed everybody was like oh it's the end of bitcoin mm-hmm. and i'm like people are panicking obviously um, always man it's always emotion driven yeah. uh, uh movements like that's what happened in 2016 emotion I, greed yeah, I, I think that Bitcoin will slowly take over, man. Cryptocurrency, I feel like the dollar is going to be more meaningless as time goes along, but it's going to take some time for people to get used to that idea. But I think down the line, this is going to be the currency that we are going to use for everything to be able to trade Bitcoin here and there um, for value or whatever that might be. 
Um, dollars are going to be pointless, man. I mean, look at how they're just printing out billions and trillions of dollars and just dumping it into the economy. For real, yeah. Yeah. So There's a lot I mean, of debt. A lot of debt that needs to be accounted for at some point. And that some point is going to come sooner than later. You know, it's, it's like this. You're, you, you have a dirty room and you push everything under the bed, but eventually that's going to pile up too. And then everything's going to spill out. Something like that. You know, I could have used a better analogy, but. No, I get what you're saying. It's like I, a, a short-term relief for a long-term problem. Yep. But I think Bitcoin will be, I don't want to say the answer, but it's definitely going to overtake the dollar, man, because I just don't see how moving forward, how it's going to be worth anything. Um, you know, it's, it's, I just don't see it. People are still debating if we should go with Bitcoin if, it, if it's not. I think maybe sometime, I don't want to predict because I don't know. I feel like sometime at the end of the year when things start to stabilize, I think it's going to shoot through the roof again. And this mm-hmm. time I'm going to make sure I don't miss that. I'm going to make sure I don't miss that, man. I mean, I've seen Definitely. last year when I first met you, bro, it was pushing way up there. And at that time, yeah. was like, holy crap. But then it crashed, obviously. Um, and it's slowly starting going back up. So uh, when you yeah, find time to buy in and just kind of hold uh, and see what happens. Well, if I can tell you anything, I'd say now is a good time to buy in because they have uh, the halfening or the halving in may so they have it every four years where they cut the it's described as cutting the supply in half which is not really accurate because the supply has already been set in stone like they've already determined how much you know i think it's 51 million or something like that that's the number that's always going to be there so it's never you're not going to have the the supply but what they do is they they cut the reward that miners get from mining a block of Bitcoin in half. And so essentially what it does is it drives, you know, if the demand stays up and the supply is kind of being diminished a little bit, there's less, you know, there's less sort of incentive to mine. The price goes up. And right now we're seeing that kind of happening. Um, I'm looking at it right now to my right. It's trading at $8,956. And I remember in March, it reached a low of about three thousand or four thousand dollars remember that like this march so it's already up it's already up double you know what i mean you told me you were trading you were trading bitcoin at the time i was mainly focused on the stocks and i think within the last week if i'm correct i think it went up 15 1700 i think yeah it's it 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 had it had a thousand dollar day which we haven't seen since 2016. well or, yeah, or, I mean, you know, sometimes it, it might have those volatile days, but the consistent sort of, like, uprise and having a $1,000 day on top of that is, we haven't seen that since 2016. But unfortunately, what happened, you know, it hit about 9400 and, um, you know, all the analysts and everyone speculating thought that it would go about, it would hit 10000 and that's when the, the rally would begin of everyone trying to cash in, Right. But the opposite happened. It hit 9,400. People that bought in at 4,000 sold it because they they already doubled their money. So we had a lot of these short-term investors buying and selling, and that caused a little minor dip and a little slowdown in the rally. But I think, you know, the the fundamental sort of value of it trumps the volatile uh, short-term approach that a lot of people take. So I think this time it's definitely going up. 
I agree. So, I mean, I haven't bought anything, but I've, I've been closely monitoring the price. So do you buy and sell and then wait for it to drop like four or 500 and then buy it or do you, do you just hold? For me, what I've done is I've been holding since 2016. Uh-huh. So I have, I have, I ha- I've always been holding majority of it. And then here's what I do personally, because trading on Coinbase is a little tricky. It doesn't really show you your average cost. It doesn't show you how much you're up, how much you're down overall. So you you have to literally go through your transactions and and click each one and then put you know get a piece of paper and a pen and calculate how much you're up or how much you're down and what your average is. So what I do is I trade Bitcoin on different platforms. So I have different price points on different platforms and Coinbase is the only one where I can actually use it to buy stuff. Robinhood doesn't actually give you a wallet. You're just trading you're trading the price on Robinhood. But you can't use your Bitcoin to buy stuff on Robinhood. So that's so, what I was going to ask. Do you recommend anybody buying and selling uh, crypto on Robinhood? Or, uh, would- oh, yeah. Okay. I'll tell you this. So the, the problem that I've had, and maybe it's in their fine print, and I might have missed it. Uh, the problem that I have with Robinhood is I was looking at, I, I put in like a 1000 when it was about $6,000 a coin. I put $1,000 in and... Uh, you know, obviously I don't have the exact numbers, but what happened is let's say I'm buying something for a hundred dollars and it says I will get 0.15 Bitcoin, Bitcoin or whatever. Right. I spend the hundred dollars. I get transacted at 0.14. So I'm like, what, what happened? You know, maybe the price went down uh, by the time the transaction happened, but then I look at the price and it didn't move. So what that shows me either is, they have some sort of margin. They have some sort of like, and not even like margin where they profit. They have some sort of, you know, room, air room, so that you don't have extreme volatility. So they transact you a little bit lower and they charge you a little bit lower or something like that. I don't know. It's not accurate for me. Okay. It hasn't been accurate, but I would recommend Coinbase uh, for those that want to hold long term. And if you just want to make money and you want to, you know, capitalize on the volatility, then Robinhood's a good one. Okay. This is probably irrelevant, but how do you feel about Cash App now offering, I guess, Bitcoin and then some stocks to buy? I think they offer fraction shares or whatever. Cash App? Yeah. I heard about the crypto thing. I never paid attention to fractional. Yeah, they actually have fractional shares that you can actually buy. I think they have the whole four-day 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 Bro, what exactly. is this? Exactly. So I think this is on have, Cash App? Cash App. Oh, they have goodness. most of the major companies, bro. I think you can buy like Tesla, you can buy fractional shares, um, Apple, whatever company. I don't think they have all the companies, but they have most of the major ones um, if you want to buy small shares or whatever. Yeah. I've actually tried to invest in that. Yeah. I put in what $300. Do you think? Huh? What do you think? Um, I mean, I think the stock part is cool as far as the trading the Bitcoin thing. I mean, they only have Bitcoin, nothing else. So I wouldn't recommend anybody trying to, to buy crypto in that. But as far as the fraction of shares, if you're somebody you have a few dollars, you just want to trade. But the only downside I feel like is, you know, when you want to take your money out of cash out, you're always going to take a piece. To me, that's why yeah. I don't want to do it. Like, So you could buy and sell the stock at regular price whatever but when you try to take your money off cash app they're gonna take a dollar three dollars four dollars whatever that's just so outplayed yeah. now man 
Robin Hood just pioneered that in terms of investing. They did a lot of good things. People don't give them enough credit, but they, um, you know, they had the, the commission free trading. They had the easy trading for anyone from anywhere, obviously if you're in the United States, but, um, yeah, I mean the taking fees for every transaction shit is like, you have so many options. You don't need to do that. Yeah, that's that. To me, that was one pet peeve. It's like there's no way I'm gonna, every time I put money, I have to take it out. I'm, I'm giving you guys three or four dollars. Yeah, exactly. That's a big. That's a big no-no for me. I mean, back to Robinhood. Uh, I, I love Robinhood. My main thing with them is customer service. You know, they have a phone yeah. line that seems to never work. So everything is through email. Plenty of times, you know, I have to go on Twitter and DM them and or whatever. Yeah. All of them. So other than that, I think it's a, it's a great company to invest in, you know. So. What do you think about the, their debit card and their uh, cash that, management yeah, I, system? I am, um, I think uh, I'm close to getting my hit by the end of next week. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, honestly, I don't, I don't have an opinion. I'm curious. So I like I haven't really read all the fine prints or whatever. So I'm wondering like if you're not, I know if you're not investing money, they give you I think thirty percent APY or whatever, mm-hmm. which is not bad. So I'm wondering like if you have money and you're not investing, and you have the card, can you physically just use that money like at the moment to buy and make transactions? I think so. If you can do that, I feel like that to me it's worth it. It's definitely worth it. I mean, the card is free. I don't think they yeah. charge any fees or anything uh, for transactions. So. No, that's that's a beautiful thing. Which one did you get? What color? I got the the green. I think the green one. Oh, dude, come on! I know. I was you, gonna, you, you gotta get the American flag. I bro. know. I was gonna get it, but they don't let. The, I don't know if they're gonna let you change. I could try to email them, but <laughs> um, I kind of swipe through. I got the green because of the incredible Hulk. I like the Hulk. Yeah, that's I feel I you, man. Yeah. All right, bro. As always, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, Feel free to, you know, let the people know where they can find your Instagram, your podcast, everything. So my Instagram uh, is xlcooljay. Cool uh, I have my own uh, podcast called The Buzz Hack. Uh, you can search it on Spotify. Um, if you guys want to listen to some of my stuff, it's mostly about tech. Um, obviously, I haven't posted lately because, uh, you know, I've been kind of quarantining, but um, definitely look me up on Instagram. And you can listen to the few episodes I have on Spotify. And for future reference, I will definitely keep you guys updated. I'm going to give you some good content to listen to. Appreciate it, bro. My pleasure, man.